Welcome to episode 33 of Your Town Crime. This week we travel to Bruton, Alabama, and we bring you two historic crimes. It's been over a month since we put out an episode. We had some sick kids and just been busy in general. And we're glad to be back and glad you guys are back with us. If you've got a minute, head over to soulanchordesign.com. You can find her on Instagram and Etsy. It's getting close to Christmas, and she's got all kinds of things she can do for you. From t-shirts to onesies for your kids to stickers, tumblers, towels, pint glasses, anything you need, she can do it. So go check her out. I'd also like to thank podbean.com for getting our podcast out to you guys. Still thanking podbelly.com for teaching us how to make a podcast. Thank you guys and enjoy the show. Hey, Shannon, how's it going? Hey, Jason, it's going. Yeah, it's finally going back to a podcast. <laughs> I know, it's been it's been a few weeks. Sorry to keep yeah. you waiting. <laughs> Sorry, guys. We've been really busy. It's been a little crazy. Uh, podcast has been put on the back burner just to get through some sicknesses, through fall breaks, fall breaks through all kinds of stuff. Just rest. <laughs> yeah, like last night we had it planned and... We were, and I was like, I'm not going to make it. 30 minutes yeah. just got me off. I yeah. was like, uh, let's just do it tomorrow. Right. I couldn't, and I don't know if I'd have been ready at that time either. It okay. Was just, so it's probably, it was good that we, we switched till tonight, but thank you guys for listening to us and, and staying patient and coming back to this new episode. Um, we know it's been a few weeks and, but here we are. Yay. So we got Thanksgiving and Christmas coming up. I'm sure that won't be busy at all. I know, not at all. But listen, we've got uh, <laughs> things, a lot of things have happened since we've started this podcast. I was thinking about that the other day and, you know, why we can't get this going. Oh, my gosh. But we've got, an, I have a new kid. Yes. So that's very stressful. That is very stressful. You have a new career. That is totally new. So it's just hard to get yeah. your brain wrapped around right. new things that you're doing. Yeah. Every <laughs> single day is you don't know what's going to happen. It's just totally new. And it's colder weather and the wasp are out here in the basement. Yep, They're back. They're <laughs> back in full force. Yeah. And we've had soccer going on too. I just uh, got done with another soccer game just uh, minutes before Shannon showed up. So, <laughs> uh, so it's been busy, but we're back. Yes, I have to know, Jason, when is the Christmas tree going up? Are you after Thanksgiving? Uh, we're right after Thanksgiving. We go uh, to a tree farm. Where they're, they're, the trees are grown there, and uh, we cut it down on ourselves and bring it home. So okay. that'll start, I think, uh, the weekend after Thanksgiving. He's open, and he's only open. Hey, well, he only sells so many trees a year because it's a farm, and he can't sell everything. Uh-huh. Uh, so he needs a crop next year. So, so anyway, we'll go do that, and we'll probably go the first weekend. But that's the only reason. If it wasn't, we would probably only have it up for a week or two. Uh-huh. I'm guessing. I don't know. That usually. What about you? Sunday. You got yours up? No, <laughs> I'm gonna do it November first. Maybe Halloween night if I'm feeling spunky. I oh, might wow. do it Sunday night. I just love it. Makes it feel so cozy. It does. And it does. I'm like, I don't do it. Like I don't have a ton of fall decor yet. Right. I haven't developed a lot of that 
I focus mainly on Christmas. So I'm like, let's have two Christmas trees up and have it, have it going for Thanksgiving. Are you a real tree person or artificial? Real tree, like the brand real tree. Sure. (laughs) No. Uh, Artificial. I do like real trees. When I grew up, we had real trees, but I just don't like the mess that that it happened. And it just they die quicker. And and we used to plant our trees. Oh, after Mm -hmm. wow, yeah. So it's pretty cool going to my parents' house and seeing the trees that we had for Christmas. How big they are now. We did that when I was a baby. uh, Very very young. Uh, They had a tree that we planted out in their yard, and it was there for. I don't know how long. It was there for a long time, and mm-hmm. then finally something happened. We had to take it down. So Yeah. But, yeah, that was always nice. I remember that tree. And, uh, and yeah, pretty cool. Mason's into trains right now. He loves trains, so I can't wait to get, like, a little train to go around the tree and uh, let him play with it, play with us and destroy it. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not going to stay on the track, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, so we haven't even talked about where we're at this week. We're in Bruton, Alabama. Bruton. <laughs> Bruton, Alabama. It's down South Alabama, L.A., Lower Alabama. Um, I don't know. I heard that joke somewhere. <laughs> Somebody called it L.A., Lower Alabama. Uh, but Bruton, uh, from their website, it's a magical musical place with a historic downtown, expansive public parks, top-rated schools, and an eye on the future growth. Take a look at our city departments, and you'll see the hallmarks of a great place to live. Work and play. That sounds nice. Yep. Check out our low-cost living, low crime rate, and focus on family-friendly events. That came straight from their website. Oh. So, very beautiful town. I checked it out on Google Earth like I always do. (laughs) Uh, There's two streets on there. I'll talk about those in a minute. But they're huge mansions, huge old, you know, 100-year-old, 120-year-old houses that are beautiful. They're, you know, they're, they look like the White House, you know, that kind of. Okay. But yeah, on Google Earth, I uh, went on Google Earth like I always do, and they've got beautiful houses that, you know, they look like the White House. They were built 100 years ago, 120 years ago or so, and they're just, uh, there was a lot of, lot of money in this town at one point, and I guess there still is. Uh, somebody's got to live in those houses or they'd be falling apart. So. Right, that's true. Um, so it's, I mean, it's just beautiful houses. But I'll talk more about those in a minute. So uh, did you did you find something pretty cool? Yeah, I found a little off different than what I normally do, a historic crime All from right. the Revolutionary War. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Enough to interest me. Cool. <laughs> All right. I'll get started about the city and tell you all a little bit about that first uh, so you kind of know where we're at uh, and what kind of town this is. It's the county seat of Escambia County, and the population's around 5,400. It's a beautiful town now with lots of nice homes. It was originally part of the Creek Nation, and General Andrew Jackson, uh, he came through this area. He ordered the construction of Fort Crawford in what's now East Bruton in 1817 after the Creek War. So that's kind of where people started coming to this area. Thomas Mendelhall, he soon built a sawmill near the uh, Conca and the Scambia Rivers. It's always fun to say these <laughs> say I these know. words. You're doing better than I, I know. Learned. I know, and we I do look into I look into some of them, but I mean sometimes there's just so many yeah. that I would spend so much time. In it. So anyway, uh, the Conca and the Scambia Rivers, uh, the settlement that grew up around it was known as Newport. 
And by the Civil War, there was a railroad depot there. The railroad was brought in, or the depot was was uh, was brought in by Edmund Bruton. Might hear his name later. <laughs> Other businesses uh, popped up then, and they had a population of about 500 people. Uh, during the Civil War, the railroad lines were severed, and many of the mills there were were destroyed. After the war, they started re- rebuilding, and then the timber industry really took off. There was a lot of exporting lumber uh, to Europe and southern Alabama, southern Georgia. Uh, they all hopped in on this, and a lot of lumber was sent, well, all to the south. Uh, even here in East Tennessee, I know there was a lot of logging that went on mm-hmm. after the um, after the Civil War. And like you, we go into the, the National Forest, Great Smoky Mountain National Parks and stuff like that, and you see all these trees and these mountains, and you go, and you go hiking, and you think mm-hmm. – you might go off the trail and think nobody's ever been here before, but somebody's been there and they've logged it. Like all the trees that we see aren't old growth. They're, they're new growth right. after they all got logged. So that kind of happened in the South after the war. A lot of the uh, trees were, were logged and, and milled and sent to, the, to Europe. And that's what happened down here in, uh, in Bruton. So they, a lot of money started coming in. It was made the county seat in 1880. And then the town was officially incorporated in 1885, and they changed the name then to Bruton. So it was the county seat before it was even incorporated, and then in 1885 they changed the name. So timber barons, like I was talking about, they become very wealthy, and they started building beautiful log homes along uh, the Belleville and Evergreen Avenues. That's the ones I was talking about. So go to Google Maps uh, or Google uh, Bruton Alabama Homes. And check these out because, I mean, they're just beautiful. And they they know they've got these beautiful houses. And I'll tell you about some stuff they do here in a little bit. Uh, It was once known as the richest little town in the south. Uh, The the T.R. Miller Mill. It's kind of hard to say, but his name, his last name's Miller, and he owned Mm -hmm. a mill. Kind of makes sense, right? (laughs) I mean, that's where the name Miller comes from. So anyway, uh, T.R. Miller Mill was established in 1848 and it's still in operation today. Oh, that's and so it's cool. One of the oldest privately held companies in the state. Um, educational and healthcare and manufacturing are the two largest employees in town now. Um, forest products are still heavily tied to the town's economy. The Jefferson Davis Community College uh, was started in 1964 and of course it's recently been renamed Coastal Alabama Community College in Bruton. So it's a, you know, that's, that's pretty much it. There's a, there's a lot more to this town. It's like I said, it's beautiful, uh, but that's, that's kind of the history. It's pretty quick. Uh, not a lot, not a lot of wild history in there, I guess. Um, you know, it's just kind of, it just kind of is what it is. It's a mill town. Uh, the lumber industry has been huge in that town since its get go. It's grown up and it's, it's, you can look and Google and, and see the mills. You can see the houses. It's beautiful. Uh, forest products, like I said, are still heavily tied there. Uh, and it's a, I keep saying it's beautiful and, and their thing that they said, you know, that I read earlier from their website, Mm -hmm. it's been featured twice in the book, the 100 best small towns in America. Oh, that's cute. So they weren't far off when they, they weren't far off at all. They were exact when they were talking about their town. It is a magical musical place with a historic downtown. So, uh, so this is a, this is a cool place to go visit. They have several events there. They have the Alabama Blueberry Festival, and it's held every year in June, and they just had their 40th festival this year. So that's neat. It's been going on for a while. Um, 
That sounds like a long time when I see 40th written down somewhere. I'm like, wow, that's You're been going 40, on a lot. And I'm like, I'm 42. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's not that that old. It started in the 80s. <laughs> that's That shouldn't be so. 40 years ago should be like 1950. Something seems like in my head. All right. So uh, the Bruton Chamber Rodeo, they have that. They also have the Cold Moon Festival. And I'm sorry, I think we're going to, we're recording this before October 30th, uh, but uh, on October 30th uh, every year they have the Cold Moon Festival. It's a free music festival, and this year they're having their second annual Witches Ride. They've got the Cold Moon Market and a zombie walk. And that's oh. all happening on October 30th. Oh. So unfortunately, you guys that are close to, to Bruton <laughs> hearing this in the first week of November are going to are going <laughs> to miss it. But next year, put it on your calendars for October 30th. But you're not going to miss this one. November 13th is Porch Fest. And I was like, what in the world could that be? They decorate their porches? Sort of. They do a little bit, but they have different They have different acts. I guess musical musical, and maybe some performers that uh, that perform on front porches on the the Belleville and Evergreen Avenues. Hmm. So that's neat. They showed a, there's a picture on their website that has a picture of that. I'm sure you can find some uh, hashtags uh, tied to that on, on Instagram. Um, but yeah, it looks really neat. Mm, I mean, some of these, cool. yeah, these houses have, a lot of them have big yards and big porches and they'll set up a band on the front porch and everybody will. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it seems really neat. You know, a really cool small town kind of deal. It everybody. sounds like they're rich in tradition. <coughs> that they do stuff over and over, which is right. really cool. Yeah, this is the uh, you know those the old movies where you see people you know gathering in the town square and the gazebos. Mm-hmm. You know that's kind of what what I feel like this town's kind of like. Yeah, where they have you know town festivals and and back in the day and they still do it and uh, you know forty long long time ago and you know forty years ago <laughs> <laughs> when they started the blueberry festival. But uh, but no, it does sound like a beautiful town. There's some famous people from there. There's several politicians and athletes that. Uh, that I've never heard of. There's a there's two uh, country singers that I've heard of. William Lee Golden. You ever heard of him? No. I, I didn't know his name. I'm sure I've heard it over the years, but he's one of the members of the Oak Ridge Boys. Okay. And I do recognize him because he's the long-haired, long-beard <laughs> Oak Ridge Boy. Like, okay. he stands way out. Um, of course, they all do now. I mean, like, <laughs> Elvira was one of my favorite songs when I was a kid because oh it had gosh. just come out. You know, in the in the late seventies, early eighties, so it was everywhere when I was a kid, and I was um papa mau mau and everywhere. Yeah, well, you should ask Ron about his uh, music video he did. When oh he yeah, was little yeah. So he got um papa mau mau. <laughs> no, uh, the Elvira song. That's it. Elvira. Oh okay. Yeah, and he My heart does like a little. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. I wasn't a. That wasn't really my time yet. Right. <laughs> That's yeah, he, awesome. he did like a little, him and his uh, family, the kids, they all did uh, a music video for that <laughs> performance. That's great. We've probably got one of, uh, of Huck, but not a whole performance. <laughs> but we've I showed it to Huck, and Huck, Huck played it the other day. He got on YouTube. He can find it himself now. He'll say, the Oak Ridge Boys. <laughs> He'll find him Papa Mau Mau on there. And strangely enough, Ryan was the most into it. Wow, <laughs> Which that is, is weird. that is weird. I, I mean, the three of them are pretty. Yeah, the other three of them, he would be the the least, the least into, into something, something like, like that. that, right? Yeah. But yeah, he's so he's he's one of the members of the Oak Ridge Boys, and he was actually 
they kind of kicked him out at one point and went solo, <laughs> and then they brought him back later. So <laughs> after I heard that, I thought, well, this guy's got to be pretty, pretty good guy to be kind of fired and mm-hmm. then come back and and he, he stuck with him. And I don't know exactly what happened. You know, I just know that he did leave for a second and it acted like they they wanted to go another another direction and they let him go. So that was kind of weird. But he's been there forever and he's very recognizable. And I think it would be weird not to have him in the in the band, actually. So anyway, another <laughs> country singer's name is Hank Lachlan. He's a country singer from back in the, the late 50s uh, through the 60s and the, into the 70s. He had a song called Send Me the Pillow You Dream On. And I didn't know that one as well, but Please Help Me, I'm Falling. I've I've heard that one. Uh, that's a song that I've heard of. And I, back uh you know, back in the day if you're if you're in your fir- probably thirties and forties, you had those those time life like country commercials, like those like the album commercials, like time life albums where they'd have like country stars of yesterday. Yes, and they have the songs listed all on the right, side. Right, and they would play mm-hmm. just a little bit of them. Yeah. I remember that was one of the countries, <laughs> country uh, time life videos that would come through, and they're, they, you know, please help me, I'm falling. <laughs> yeah, so I remember that, but I've heard it a few times. And my, my granddad used to, uh, he used to whistle a lot when he's out working, and I'm pretty sure that that song, I have that tune I can hear him whistling that tune. So <laughs> I played it this week while I was, you know, going through some stuff and I was going through all this and I was like, ah, oh, that sounds, you know, it reminded me, made me think of my granddad. So mm. that's pretty sweet. That is cool. There's also a man from Bruton named William W.C. He was a Vietnam soldier and a Medal of Honor recipient. Uh, they were ambushed and he, uh, he ended up taking out a sniper. Uh, there were two, on two separate occasions, there were grenades thrown at him. And he picked up both of them and threw them back uh, and killing North Vietnamese soldiers That uh, in that act. That's a wild man. <laughs> yeah. And after, uh, when he threw the second one back, uh, he got shot in, the, in his right wrist. And uh, so he picked up his rifle with his left hand. And with his left hand, he killed three North Vietnamese uh, that were about to overtake some other guys in his, in his platoon. And uh, right after that, he was hit by a sniper, and he was mortally wounded. Uh, but he got the, the Medal of Honor for everything he did uh, during that battle. And uh, so I wanted to bring him up because that's that's pretty cool, uh, what he did uh, for his soldiers and did, did for uh, the United States. Well-deserved. Uh, yeah. Uh, Fred Snowden. Uh, there's two, two guys from Bruton who ended up – at the University of Arizona. Fred Snowden was the men's um, basketball coach for the University of Arizona in the 70s into the 80s, and uh, Kevin Sumlin uh, was the football coach at the University of Arizona, and he left last December. Oh, cool. And I'll just say he left. Uh, there's a lot to that story, evidently. it's It was pretty messy, oh. but, uh, but I'll just say that. I don't know. Uh don't want to get into that much because I mean, that's pretty cool to be a football coach in the in D one. So yeah, um, Edward O. Wilson. Now this guy is from a small town in southern Alabama. He's a Pulitzer Prize uh, winning author, and he's won several uh, different awards. Uh, you know, outside of that, but you know, the Pulitzer Prize is pretty cool. He's a biologist. 
He's the world's leading expert on ants. Oh. And if you know anything about ants, they're pretty cool. There's a uh-huh. lot lot going on there, and he knows about it all. He's the father of sociobiology and the father of biodiversity. So dude is smart. <laughs> <laughs> like I barely know what any, both of those things are, and he's the father of them. Wow. And uh, he's written 30 books and published more than 430 scientific papers. And some of his papers are the most cited in history. Oh. So, dude is smart. Uh, and that's not doing him justice because mm. I just called him a dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's very smart. So, but that's uh, that's pretty much Bruton. It's a small town, southern Alabama. Uh, it's not very old. It's just, uh, it's just a nice little small town. So, why don't you take it away, Shannon? Okay. It's I time know. for the true crime. So, all you skippers, here you are. Okay. So... I don't know if you recognize this, Jason, but there was a creek located in Bruton named Murder Creek. Did you come across I, that? I did come across that. And um, the fort that I was talking about might be right on that. But Well, it's quite an unfavorable word to use for a creek located in your town. But there is a story behind the name that we'll investigate that happened long ago during the Revolutionary War. So, yeah, I was wondering that. I mean, you see a name like Murder Creek in a town, and then, I mean, I came across it, and I was like, I wonder what the story is. And I didn't look into it, but glad you did. I thought it was a nickname at first, like it, or not a nickname, but like I thought it was just something that the locals called it, but it is. It is named Murder Creek. That is the creek. They have a sign and everything. <laughs> wow. Um, but during the war, Colonel Alexander McGilvery had established a friendship with several royalists who were in support of the King of England. One of those royalists was Colonel Joseph Kirkland of South Carolina. Kirkland and several others who supported the King of England decided that they wanted to resettle in Spanish Louisiana. The only problem was to get through the Indian Territory, they needed passports. The passports were in Pensacola, Florida. McGilvery sent his servant to aid them in their journey to Pensacola, keeping them safe and showing the Indians that they were friendly because it was just too dangerous to travel without the chieftain's protection. Kirkland and his men carried a lot of silver in their saddlebags on their way to receive their passports. And on their way down to Pensacola, they passed by a group of traders who were outlaws and murderers. Of course, Kirkland's group didn't know this at the time. That's what I was about to say. I'm pretty sure they probably didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't really get that vibe at first. Kirkland's group set camp nearby on the banks of the creek near the outlaws. They used their saddlebags filled with silver as pillows and fell asleep for the night. The outlaws had made a plan to steal the silver from Kirkland and his men, and of course, anything else that they had. Although they were close in vicinity, the outlaws made their way back toward the group, and around midnight, they crept across the creek, stole the men's guns, silver, and killed every one of them. The only ones left alive were three men, one of which was McGilvery's guide. The outlaws burned everything but the clothing that the men had on before making camp near the bloodbath creek, which is really weird to me that they like took their clothes off, but like burned everything else. Right? Isn't that what that sounds like? They took they took the guys they killed's clothes off. Yeah, because it said <clears throat> like that's what it said on Wikipedia that um 
the outlaws burned everything but the clothing that the men had on. Yeah. What did they do with the clothing then? Did they take it with them? Well, hang on. The outlaws burned everything but the clothing that the men had on before making camp near the bloodbath creek when mcgilvery got word of the attack he sent men to capture the murderers one of those men that were captured led them to the site of the murders and he was hung while wearing some of the dead men's clothing i don't know if they were keeping it as token no see back i mean they didn't have stores to go to Oh, so they'd wear true. their clothes out. They'd wear their clothes out, and if these guys had silver, they probably had you know, nicer clothes. Nicer clothes, so it's like it's, they don't need it anymore. Right. So we'll take it. Okay, that's true. So one of the men that he had captured, they took him back to the site and hung him wearing those clothes. Those man's clothes. Right? Yeah. Um, after the gruesome massacre, the Lukohatchee Creek became known as Murder Creek in Bruton. Super short story. Sorry, I don't have more for you. Right. <laughs> but it was interesting. Yeah. And that, that was right on uh, the, the same river uh, where uh, where Andrew Jackson uh, had construction for Fort Crawford. Okay. That's that's on the same the same river right there. So. Yeah, super <laughs> unfortunate for those men who passed by the outlaws. Oh yeah, that was a common common thing back then. I mean, it's hard life. Yeah, I mean, you could if something like that didn't take you out, you could stump and your toe. They and were worried die. about the Indians. Yeah, I mean, there's just so many things that could kill you. Everything could kill you back then. Like yeah. everything. Like, like like I just said, a stump toe, a, a hangnail, and gets infected and you're dead. Yeah, you know? I mean, it's just so many things. Uh, it's just we've got it so easy now. We have and we don't appreciate it anyway. All right, so I've got I've got one if you okay. want me to. And yeah. It's a it's another historic one. Okay. I mean, there's, there's not a lot of crime here, and uh, I went for historic too. I this is about railroad Bill. Uh, that's what they called him, uh, and it's a story that's he still sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, railroad Bill. Is, there's there's been blues songs uh, about this guy um, that are still still being played today. So. Uh, so that's pretty neat. But it started out in 1895. There was an armed vagrant that was riding the l and Railroad. And um, there was this one night, the railroad in- employees, uh, they, they tried to restrain a man that was sleeping on a, a water tank right there next to the railroad. Um, he shot he shot at him and got away. Uh, then they formed a posse, and they found him. And before... Uh, they didn't capture him. He shot and killed Deputy Sheriff James Stewart and got away. So after this, they're like, hold on. This is pretty pretty big. We've got to mm-hmm. catch this guy. So the media got a hold of it. There's a big story. They started calling him Railroad Bill. Uh, there was a $500 reward that was offered. And, you know, well, $500 reward, that's a lot of money back then. Uh, he was identified as a man named Morris Slater. He was a convict who had fled from a turpentine camp in Bluff City, Florida. And uh, his nickname was Railroad Time because the way he worked, they said he was on Railroad Time, which was mm-hmm. evidently he was right on time and, and worked hard uh, at the Turpentine Camp. Uh, Railroad Bill crossed into Florida and uh, they were, while well, they were pursuing him, and the Bruton Sheriff uh, E.S. McMillan tracked him to a house near Bluff Springs, Florida. Railroad Bill shot at McMillan and, and fatally wounded him, and he got away. Uh, he then railroad bill started robbing trains and selling the goods uh, to the poor in the area for 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 real cheap. Um, 
you know, there's a lot of, a lot of stores there. There's a lot of sharecropping and, and, you know, not much better than slavery, slavery. A lot of people owned a lot of land. They would, uh, have people work, work for them and then pay, uh, pay them in like a uh, company, company money. They could only use company money at the stores, so they couldn't really sell it, save up money to, to leave. Mm-hmm. They were kind of stuck, and uh, their livelihoods were still dependent on their uh, the, the, the people who owned the land. So anyway, that was kind of what was going on. Uh, so he would sell goods to them for, for cheap. Uh, so he kind of started becoming, looked at kind of like a Robin Hood uh, in the area by some people. Um, not everyone... Um, not everyone liked liked him, and uh, he also, uh, you know, he was he's mostly selling to, to to black families in the area, and um, and a lot of them, you know, like I said, uh, started looking at him like a Robin Hood. Other people were like, "No, this isn't any good. He's he's doing the wrong thing. You can't go around shooting people," which is that's that's right. You just can't go around <laughs> murdering people. Um, but it, it turned out being uh, pretty bad for other. Uh, for other black black men in the area, if you were a black man on the railroad, it was kind of like this is a good excuse to uh, to mm-hmm. arrest you and and shoot you or hang you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that happened to several men uh, in that time, uh, which is which is an awful an awful thing. Um, but you know, at this time, you know, start calling him Robin Hood, and and his uh, his story just kept growing and kept growing, and he had some folklore start being built up around him. Some people said he had uh, supernatural powers. Uh, that's why they couldn't catch him. Uh, he was uh, he could change into an animal. He uh, oh, wow. could only be killed by <laughs> si- silver bullets. Uh, other tales said that he had the power to, to disable the tracking abilities of bloodhounds on the trail, so even br- bloodhounds couldn't track him. My goodness! Um, all right, so there's a there's one story about him that was written in the in a in a little book called The Hurricane Children Tales from Your Neck of the Woods. And um, it describes a lawman that was chasing Railroad Bill, and the sheriff uh, he, he he went to a, to a pretty went to a thicket, and uh, he he scared up a, a little red fox uh, that that started running off through the woods, and the sheriff emptied both barrels of his shotgun and missed to the fox both times, and after the second shot, the little red fox stopped, turned around, and laughed at him. <laughs> and then uh and then took off um and they they say that little red fox was railroad bill <laughs> uh, by that summer in 1895 alabama and florida uh, the town of bruton the whole county of escambia they all got together and raised the reward to 12 uh, 1250 so that brought in bounty hunters from from texas indiana uh everywhere started coming down to this area uh, the Pinkerton National Detective Agency, who ended up being uh, the Secret Service, hmm. uh, Pinkertons. They used to uh, they used to guard the railroads back in the day. Uh, they they're the ones that went after Jesse James. They're, they they kind of did all that kind of stuff back in the back back then. Um, the Wild West. They were all over the place, uh, and they ended up being the Secret Service. Like they're, that's the agency that became that formed the Secret Service. So them, LNN detectives, lawmen, and vigilante posses all popped up. Everybody's heading out after Railroad Bill, and this is this is where it got really bad for uh, for African American African American men in the area. You know, if if it was even questioned, you were him. Uh, they would bring him in. Uh, they might even say if he if it wasn't him, they'd say he's an accomplice. Um, 
and they would they would be beat and whipped, and some were murdered. Uh, said that that one time there was a there was a big posse that came up and they called it a small army. Said at least a hundred men uh, were 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 there loaded for uh, for bear. They kept hunting him until 1896. Around March 7th, uh, a man was gunned down by a host of law enforcement officials at Tidmore and Ward's General Store in Atmore, Alabama. It was a depot town along the LNN. Some people say that the that authorities surprised and killed killed him as he sat on an oat barrel eating cheese and crackers. Uh, other accounts say that he. Uh, he engaged the officers in a shootout in front of the store, and others contended that he just he walked into a, a trap there at Tidmorton Wards. His body was placed on public view in Bruton, and cr- crowds of curious spectators gathered to get a glimpse. Uh, many so Bruton weird. residents, huh? That's so weird. Yeah, I know it. I know that. That's just let him sit there, and people from Bruton came uh, to check it out, and they recognized him as a man named Bill McCoy. He was a local troublemaker. He had threatened a, a store owner with a knife around the same time Morris Slater was working at the Turpentine Camp in Florida. People who were wanting a souvenir would buy a picture of Constable J.L. McGowan, who was believed to have fired the fatal shot, standing uh, with a rifle in the hand over the corpse of Railroad Bill, strapped to a wooden plank. So people paid 50 cents for the picture of that. And... So they had a picture of this, you know, this dead guy on a board <laughs> with a guy that shot him over top and paid 50 cents for it to take home for a souvenir. Uh-huh. So uh, different times for sure. <laughs> uh, the body was then uh, taken to Montgomery and later to Pensacola, Florida for more public display, you know, like you do. Uh, uh, so many people came to see Rail- Railroad Bill in Montgomery that they charged admission that authorities not just somebody like, you know, Barnum and, you know, P.T. Barnum <laughs> or something like that, but local authorities charged admission of 25 cents to see the body. So nobody knows where he's buried either. His final resting place is unknown. All so just, that stuff. Right. Not even. <laughs> and they're not even sure if that's what he was. Like they, they, rec- they said it was one guy. They, and then at the end, they recognized him as Bill McCoy. And it's just like, and then all these other guys got shot and killed and in whipped process, and beaten yeah. and, and arrested for. Maybe they never got him. I know. And he's um, still around. It seems like that if you were, <laughs> if you were a black man in this area and you were riding the rails or you were new to a town, you were railroad bill. Mm-hmm. That's just, if you caused any trouble or looked at anybody wrong, you were railroad bill. And it probably everything that happened wasn't the same guy it was probably a bunch of different people doing a bunch of little things and Mm -hmm. they all got attributed to railroad bills what i'm guessing that's what usually happens and then back then you know news was a little bit slower and things get blown out of proportion and but just like today Mm -hmm. um you know a story sales you know clicks uh, yeah Mm -hmm. so stuff like that that since you know they would make the story bigger uh to to sell papers so uh it became after this it uh the hunt for railroad bill like i was saying it became a theatrical white supremacist saga in local newspapers the legacy of railroad bill has been passed down through generations um there's a blues ballads uh you can go you can go online right now and listen to uh just just type in railroad bill and you'll find a find a song about him i did the other day man i was like wow i mean it's just right there you can go on apple 
Apple Music's got a Railroad Bill song. That's all I put in there. And a couple pulled pulled up, and they were all blues ballads. So anyway, so his story's still going on. Uh, some of those songs came back into popularity in the 50s and 60s when uh, when the folk revival started kicking back up. People started looking at blues again. We've talked about that before where some of like, uh, Robert Johnson's uh, songs started uh, becoming popular back then. Uh, in the 60s and you know the Rolling Stones coming up uh, the Beatles all those guys listening to uh, to old blues blues albums even in 1981 uh, the Labor Theater in New York uh, produced a musical play called Railroad Bill so uh, that's a pretty cool story it's a sad mm-hmm. story in our history mm-hmm. uh, it's a really bad spot where people were treated uh, bad just because of the color of their skin which is ridiculous and uh to say the least oh my goodness i mean that's just putting it mildly very very mildly but anyway you know these guys just uh just a different time that i'm glad's over uh but that's just a wild story that uh from the area all right guys we're through another episode yes um and it's your turn to throw it's my time to throw yeah mm-hmm. and we uh so we'll we'll see what we get all right, Shannon, I got it. Okay, where are we going? We're going to Hanover, New Hampshire. Okay. So back in the new, the northeast. All uh, right. It's a New Hampshire, small town, I'm sure. I don't know. We'll Maybe have to not. look at it. But yeah. uh, we'll see what we got there. Hopefully it'll be next week. We don't know. If we're not here next <laughs> week, if you don't see us pop up, just know that we've been busy. Uh, hopefully things are kind of slowing down. Uh, <laughs> things are not going to slow down. <laughs> well, soccer's over. <laughs> Soccer's well, over, that. <laughs> so there's that. So that's two nights a week that yeah, I'm not that's rushing. That's true. Uh, so anyway, uh, so what did I say? Hanover? Hanover, New Hanover, Hampshire. Hanover, New Hampshire. So that's where we're going next. Um, <clears throat> find us on social media. That's right. You can find us on social media. Tell them where we're at, Jason. Where uh, can they find us? You can find us at our website, yourtowncrimepodcast.com. You can Scroll down to the bottom and link to all of our social media accounts there. Haven't been doing anything in a while. Sorry about that, Instagram guys. Well, I mean, we haven't been doing anything though, so that's understandable. Yeah, Instagram followers. I should have, I might have made like one post, uh, saw something cool from one of the towns we've done. Hopefully, we'll get some stuff going on, on Instagram again. If you're there on Instagram, find us at Your Town Crime Pod, uh, Twitter at Crime underscore Town, Facebook, Your Town Crime Podcast. Uh, you can also email us. Uh, we've had a few emails from uh, from listeners uh, who live in some of these towns, so that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, Still waiting on our coffee cups from the town from, or yeah, just some yeah. sort some of... kind of trinket. Yeah. yeah. That'd be cool. So you can email us at yourtowncrimepod at gmail.com. <laughs> and uh, if you do want our address to send us anything, you don't have to. Uh, really, that's, that's just kind of neat. Uh but, but if, if you're a true fan <laughs> of the Shan- Your Town Crime Podcast. Okay, maybe Shannon really wants you to send us stuff. I, It'll but, make uh, us happy. But yeah, I'll give you a, I'll give you a P.O. box. You can send it to and uh, and we'll we'll be happy to receive any gifts, I guess. <laughs> Shannon will. So uh, so anyway, thank y'all so much for listening. Um we we really appreciate it. Uh Bruton, Alabama, again was a beautiful place. Uh, the crimes here do not define the town, uh, especially now. It's a uh, hundred years later, past these, or more in your case. Um, yeah. Uh, after these crimes happened, so uh, you know, go down to Bruton, enjoy the beautiful homes there. Uh, drive up and down the streets, or walk up and down the streets, mm-hmm. and enjoy the safety that's there now in that beautiful town. 
and uh, come back and listen to us next week. Hopefully, uh, just be on the lookout. Uh, hit the subscribe button on uh, Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to us, and that'll help you out. You know, you get a little notification saying, "Hey, uh, Jason and Shannon are back." Yay. Yeah. So, uh, so do that, uh, and we appreciate it. Yes. See y'all soon. See ya.